Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This episode of the Old Ways Podcast is brought to you using the Monster of the Week setting. This Monster of the Week game contains strong language, sexual innuendo, and a massive amount of fun. Monster of the Week was written by Michael Sands and Steve Hickey. Now, on with the horror. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I am normally your keeper, Keeper Michael, but this is a backer special that we are doing for uh, the wonderful folks who help fund our Patreon. And so we are going to be playing Monster of the Week. Uh, but in the driver's seat today will be our very own Miranda. So Miranda, take it away. Hey, I'm Miranda. And yeah, tonight I'm going to be your keeper, but not your keeper of arcane lore. Tonight I am your keeper of monsters and mysteries because we are playing Monster of the Week. Monster of the Week is powered by the Apocalypse game, if anyone is familiar with that. But tonight, our players are going to get to fill roles similar to those you might see in your favorite Monster of the Week style TV show, like Buffy, The X-Files, Supernatural, Fringe, all of those great shows. Monster of the Week is a 2d6-based game, so players will be rolling 2d6 to determine how successful they are, and each player gets a unique playbook corresponding to their Monster of the Week character trope with its own special moves. All of our players have already selected their playbooks that are essentially their classes for the game, so I think this is the point where we'll go around and introduce ourselves, our characters, and which playbook we are playing. So, to my right. Hi, I'm Rena, and tonight I will be playing Mika Valentine from the Spooky playbook. So I'm basically the Sam Winchester of this group. At the end of the table. This is James. Tonight I will be playing Charles Charlie Westall III, and I'm using the Spellslinger playbook. And I believe if I read it right, that puts it into the same league as um, John Constantine and Bobby from Supernatural. And to James's right. Last but most certainly not least is your, normally your friendly GM and your keeper. Uh, but I am Mike. I'm going to be playing Ian McDonald, which may turn into Ian McDonald at some point. <laughs> Uh, and I am on the crooked path, which means I'm really a nice guy. I'm just terribly misunderstood. So likely this is just a character in the vein of many of the ne'er-do-wells you have seen on television and movies. So I, I likely have some seedy friends and uh, and I do things for money, which I may or may not talk about unless you're paying well. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so one of my favorite features of Monster of the Week is the generation of character histories, which is what we're going to do right now. Every character playbook includes a list of history prompts, and once our players have all selected their stats and moves, which I lovingly selected for them, you go around the table and determine how all of the players are connected to one another. Each player is going to select from their list of history prompts one connection for every other player. At the end of the process, then each pair of players will have two connections. For example, Mike will pick a relationship between his character and Rena's, and Rena will also be selecting a connection between the two. Our assumption for this game at this point is that all the players know each other and that they've already investigated and slayed a few monsters as a team. Do you guys have any questions before we start establishing our history? 
I'm very interested to see someone else go first. <laughs> well, you will get to because Rena's going to go first. Yay. So, Rena, you can establish your history with both Mike's character and James's character. Okay, so I think that Mika, my character, and Charlie, James's character, are very old friends. They've known each other for a long time, and they're very close. They trust each other implicitly, especially since they both have these strange powers. Mika feels like Charlie is one of the only people she can actually talk to and completely be herself around, because he'll understand in a way not everyone else will. That's the relationship with Charlie. And my relationship or history with Ian, Mike's character, is that we're related. We're cousins. And so we may have seen each other a few times growing up, but Ian went off on his shady little path and we haven't seen each other in a while until we met up again for this particular little group adventure. And I'm very surprised to see him actually doing something useful. <laughs> All right. And now on to James. Well, between Ian McDonald and I, <laughs> it was actually an old rivalry that turned into a tight friendship. We once actually fought. He had acquired a certain item, possibly not as, not as honorably as I think it should have been. And then the fate of that item, we kind of ended up fighting over as to whether he should give it to the people who bought it or not. But eventually we realized, you know, we came to an agreement and turned out to end actually end up being friends. Hmm. And then for Mika, Mika actually acts as we have been friends. Mika acts as my conscience when, when my power starts to go to my head. And I actually don't remember the last time that happened. So I'm supposed to ask Mika about it. All right. So the, the last time I saw Charlie using his powers in a in a way that wasn't quite ethical was he was trying to get information out of a minion a monster minion we were we were tracking down and this minion was possessing a human body and so charlie tried to use some of his more physical powers to get some information out of them basically got a little in over his head and thought that the end justified the means and I was not okay with that. And so I talked him out of using physical violence and magical violence and instead trying other means to get the information. Interesting. Yeah, that's great. I believe that leaves you, Mike. Mm, indeed it does. So I think that the item Charlie and I went back and forth over was a book. The book is called The People of the Monolith. Fantastic. I was just about to say that. <laughs> I, figured it was, I figured it was an available pathway for us. And the reason why we went back and forth over it, this item, was because I wanted to sell it to the highest bidder, and Charlie felt like that book would be better in the hands of the people who, quote-unquote, could protect it. Right? We agreed to disagree for... A little while and then eventually things came to a head and I realized that sometimes giving things over to the highest bidder maybe not the safest thing for me as I started to have some issues surrounding the supernatural coming after the book. Charlie helped me out and I gave up the book so that way I could be safe and he could probably get what he needed out of it. As far as my history with my cousin Mika, you see what she doesn't know is the reason 
that I've kind of come back into contact with her is I did some things and I maybe got some attention from some groups of things that I'm not too comfortable with. And I know she's into all sorts of spooky things. And I'm just looking for my ace in the hole in this whole game. I want to make sure that that area is protected because some things just don't die when you shoot them. Now that we know how you all know each other, Mika, I'm going to start with you. For the past few nights now, you've been having strange dreams. Stranger than usual, though. You yourself are no stranger to seeing things. When you awake in the mornings in a cold sweat, you find it hard to hold on to bits of your dreams, though. Focusing on one aspect of what happened just makes others seem to float further away. Uh, What you do remember, though, is the feeling of being suffocated. That and an overwhelming sense of hunger. And while you're researching current events in the supernatural world, you come across an article. The Historic Grand Hotel, the bloodiest building in the world. It's strange that the old ice store downtown had slipped your mind. It did close 50 years ago after a number of deaths and disappearances. The article goes on to outline strange deaths and disappearances that happened both when the hotel was open and since it's closed. But it's an image of the lobby that strikes you the most. Though you've never stayed at the Grand Hotel, you've seen this place in your dreams for the past several nights. And you almost feel drawn towards this place. Hmm. I'm going to take down whatever notes, whatever clippings I have. I imagine I have some kind of conspiracy board where I put everything. Then I'm going to give Charlie a call. Charlie, you hear your phone ringing. Answer it. Oh, morning. Yeah, what? Mom, who, who is it? It's Mika, Charlie. Oh, Mika. Yeah, hey, just woke up. What What can I do for you? Well, I've gotten one of those uh, feelings that you that you call them. I, I think we got another another case to be working on. There's something going on with the hotel. Um, okay, um... Are, uh, are, are you there now? No, I'm at home. As if I'm gonna go walking into a spooky place all by myself. When was the last time that happened and it went well? I, well, when it went well, I don't remember. But the last time it happened, we can talk about when I get there. Let me pack a few things. I'll be on my way. Uh, can you give Ian a call? I don't know what he's up to right now. Ian's back in town. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll call him. Thank you. See you in a bit. See you in a few minutes. Hang up the phone make myself a cup of coffee, and then scroll down until I see Ian's name and give it a tap. Ring, ring, Ian. I close up the case that I'm working on and pick up the phone. Charlie, what do you need? Hey, Ian. Listen, Mika just got a hold of me. I think she's got a fish on the line. She sounded pretty concerned about it. Something about the hotel... I'm going to meet her and grab some stuff, but she asked for you too, so this sounds like it might be more than just a dynamic duo kind of a situation, if you get me. It might get personal? It might. I'm half. Come loaded for bear. Will do. What time? ASAP. We'll meet at her place. All right. I hang up, and then I turn to the rack of equipment and begin pilfering things. As a side note, if you would like to change any equipment that is on your character sheet or add equipment within reason that isn't a weapon, 
that is totally fine as well. So you are both, uh, Charlie and Ian, going to meet at Amika. What kind of place does Mika live in, Rena? Mika has a small bachelor-style apartment. I don't know what they're called in the States. We call them a cavalerca over here. Like, just a, like a one-room apartment. What are those called? A studio apartment. Studio, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they're called bachelor apartments here. Mika has a small studio apartment. She likes to keep things small, so she has an excuse not to invite people over or have people stay too long can't really have company when you've only got one room but the walls are covered in pictures and newspaper clippings and connecting all the dots everywhere sometimes at night she likes to do a little weed and take a look at her conspiracy wall and see how all the pieces might connect while she frees her mind it's very cluttered but it's a neat kind of clutter I feel like I know this person <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking around my office like, is she here? Is someone else here with me? Is there a camera? <laughs> I know everything. Yikes. While they're on their way over, I'm hastily drinking two cups of very strong black coffee and eating a piece of toast. And literally, that's all I do for breakfast. Packing up my weapons and my other kit that I usually take with me. And I've put out a news alert on... Google for anything else that can potentially come up on the Grand Hotel. Uh, yes, and are you also searching previous incidents that have happened there? Oh yes, and anything that I can find from the past, as far back as the internet will take me. You do find some strange occurrences that happened at the Grand Hotel. For one, a number of people actually drowned in the pool before they closed the pool. Three people, to be exact. There was also... A strange mass poisoning incident in the kitchen. A lot of people got really sick and a couple people even died. You also come across a number of missing persons posters with links to them. You come across a number of missing persons posters with information on these conspiracy theory websites about how all of these people went into the old Grand Hotel or were investigating the old Grand Hotel, possibly urban adventurers, urban explorers, and they were never seen again. Hmm. Well, now that's concerning. Hmm. I'm going to pick up any of the equipment that we use for checking for, for ghosts or spirits because that's the most recent kind of thing I've come across in older buildings like this, and I just want to be prepared. But I'd also like to see if I can find any pictures of the people who disappeared. If there's missing posters, I'll download those, and then any other pictures I can find of missing people. Yes, uh, you can certainly do that. Okay. And so how promptly are Charlie and Ian arriving? If my cousin's saying that she needs my help, then, yeah, I grab the few items that I can get readily and put on what I use to uh, make sure that things go smoothly in my line of work and then head out the door. I'm not wasting any time. So, Mika, we'll say that Ian and Charlie arrive within just a couple minutes of each other. Charlie's probably late. It took him a while to find some of the more esoteric things for his bag and to fill his pockets. You never know what you might need. Then we'll say Ian arrives pretty promptly, and you guys have a little bit of time while you're waiting for Charlie to show up. Ian? Yeah. Coffee? 
Oh, shit. I put my phone away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coffee. I grab it. <sighs> Fucking news just won't stop. Yeah, what's going on now? Well, you know, I gotta check on things. I gotta make sure that I'm okay. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just doing fine. Not sleeping. <laughs> not sleeping. But, you know. Well, I'm not sure you know what sleep is either. No, not in my line of work. You sleep when you're dead. And not even then, as we've learned recently. Hmm. That's for sure. So, uh, what do you need my help with? Well, I figured I'd wait till Charlie gets here so I can explain to both of y'all at the same time. You do know how I hate repeating myself. Charlie pulls up on a moped. (laughs) I do wish he'd get a a nicer vehicle. It's really embarrassing being seen with him on that thing. Takes off his helmet. Who's the embarrassed one? Me. Uh, Charlie. Me. I need to tell you what, the picture of you two on that moped is perfect. Charlie hugs Mika. Big old obnoxious bear hug. How you doing, kid? Mika does that kind of like human cat thing where her arms stay at her sides and she looks extremely uncomfortable like, yes, you can touch me, but I won't like it. (laughs) And then he fist bumps Ian. Ian, how you feeling, man? Yeah. Good, good. The coffee's helping. I, uh... It usually does. I walk over to the window and uh, kind of push one of the blinds aside and then come back. I'm going to start spreading out my my research and pictures and things on the, the coffee table. All right, so we've got a pattern of disappearances going on at the Grand Hotel. People going in to investigate, they disappear. People go in just to explore, they disappear. And I I got a strange feeling about this place, and she just taps her finger on a picture of the lobby. Something ain't right with this. I've been having strange dreams and feeling like I'm losing my air and It's all centered on this place. I I don't like it. There's something really bad there. Okay. Sounds like some powerful juju in there. Hmm. Well, it's been around long enough. It's definitely, I'm sure, attracted more than its fair share of good, bad, ugly, other. The only part that worries me is the investigators go in and disappear part. Aren't aren't we investigators? I'm, I'm just being, you know the fine print at the bottom of the screen here. Yes, well, we are investigators, but I like to think that we're a little bit more equipped to go in than these poor children. I tapped the last two who went in and never came back out. Didn't know what they were getting themselves in for, but we do. At least to some extent. This building is eating kids now? Well, teenagers. Yeah, close enough. Alright. Pretends to adjust a cowboy hat. Let's do it, Pilgrims. Oh, enough with the John Wayne references. So, uh, you want to just take my car? You want to go over there on the mobile? I'm taking the Harley. (laughs) Hey, if there's other transportation, Betty seats one. That was one time, Mika. Jeez. I just sort of give him a deep, deep sigh. I'm taking my Harley. (laughs) You're welcome to ride with me if you want to, Charlie, or you can take that embarrassing little toddler's toy out there. But, you know, I ride my own way. You take your bike, I will take mine, and we'll look like a gang on the way there. Oh, it'll be fun. We would look like a gang if it wouldn't take you an extra half an hour to get anywhere we're going. Fine, you know what? Okay, I'll sit on your bike. Fine, 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 fine. But Betty better still be here when I get back. Let's go. 
I hand him a helmet and a leather jacket. Ah, ah, ah. Safety first. So uh, I'm going to head back outside to the, the car and take a look around a bit in the neighborhood before I get in and then follow the Harley. Yep. All right. So you guys are heading down to the Grand Hotel. As you get into the area where the Grand Hotel is, it says something that a hotel that closed 50 years ago hasn't been reopened or tore down and rebuilt or turned into apartments or something like that. So the area is kind of showing its age and a lot of businesses seem to come and go as they don't get a lot of patronage here. Not the nicest part of town. Not horrible, but a lot of older buildings or closed buildings that haven't had businesses move in yet. When you approach the Grand Hotel, you'll notice that it's a two-story L-shaped hotel with the entrance being right at the corner of the L. And at, at one point, they added on a kitchen and, and pool and such in the back. It's pretty beat up. A lot of the windows are broken and boarded. The front gate has a padlock around it, though it looks like the chain was cut at some point. Hmm. That's interesting. I'd call it encouraging. Well, in we go. Open the gate for her. <laughs> As you approach the entrance, you'll notice there have been some other graffiti on this building. Um, but above the doorway, someone has scribed in spray paint. They come in, they don't come out. Dozens, maybe more we don't know about. Keep your wits about you. So it's like a human roach mode. Hmm. <laughs> Think people are treating this like an escape room? Perhaps. I mean, teens love a place to party. I'm giving a quick once over to the rest of the graffiti. Is it all just traditional like street graffiti or is there anything that suspect uh, images wise? It all seems to be pretty traditional street graffiti. Okay. I'm taking a look around to see if there's any other, like, we see the graffiti, but are there things like beer bottles or discarded jackets or, or anything else lying around that's out of place? Uh, there is general debris that you may find anywhere that attracts squatters. So mm -hmm. general trash and debris. Mm -hmm. Perhaps a shopping cart full of garbage. I don't have to ask how this place smells, right? Musty. It's been a while. Also, I really want to say that there's like graffiti of boobs. It's okay, we can say boobs. This is a mature show. Oh, okay. All of the podcasts are mature, so be warned, backers, you may hear boobs occasionally. <laughs> if the building's not been kept up, which obviously it hasn't, then I don't imagine there's a ton of just electrical power either. I guess take out the pocket flashlight and give us a little bit of light. Correct. There is likely not. So I'm assuming then you are entering the building. Yep. Absolutely. Perfect. So I'm going in first. Okay. Because I always do. I just walk right in. You enter into the front door and the next moment you find yourself in the lounge. Not the lobby. 
Okay. Now this is a little strange. I look around. You can see the lobby next to you, but you can even see the front doors on the other side of the lobby. But you didn't walk in there. Hmm. Everyone is seeing this, right? Yeah. I saw it. Something a little strange going on here. Stay here. I try to walk over into the lobby. You walk over into the lobby. And I can still see them? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I walk over to the front desk. Is there a bell? There is a bell. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No one answers the bell. Service here is terrible, guys. Yeah, well, I turn to Mika. So when you had dreams about this place, what did you see? What happened? Whenever I try to really think about it, it just kind of disappears. But there's a cold feeling, like I couldn't breathe, that there was something very wrong. But I don't know what exactly, and that's why it scared me enough to call you in. Charlie hops up to sit on the counter. Does this place have a pool? Yes. It does have a pool. Yes. As you hop up on the front desk, it's luckily sturdy enough to hold you, though it does creak and groan a little bit. This is a very old-style hotel with behind the front desk there. You can still find some of the old room keys, as well as slotted mailboxes for various rooms. Did any of the stuff I read... Any of the articles I read mention anything about any specific rooms or areas with strange occurrences? Mostly the, well, you read about the the poisoning that happened and then the people drowning in the mm-hmm. pool, but nothing about specific rooms or other areas of the building. Okay. I'll spread out my map of the hotel that I got off the internet and impatiently gesture for the other two to pay attention and stop faffing around. <laughs> now, what I read was... There was some poisonings that happened in here, but I don't know specific rooms. We might just have to go check all those. But if you notice on this map, there's a swimming pool over there. And there were a lot of drownings. A lot more than normally happen in a place like this. Which makes me think we want to check that out first. Thoughts? I agree. Sounds to me like you're more interested in a swimming pool. Right, cousin? That's what I said. I chuckle. What, no concrete pond? No. I chuckle at Charlie. Charlie does his best to stifle a grin. Uh, well, I definitely think the pool, especially with the dreams that Irpin have. Before Charlie hops down from sitting on the counter, quick glance behind the counter. Are there any maintenance keys back there? Yeah, you can find a maintenance key. I grab one of those before I hop over. As you are looking at the map, as we discussed before, there's not very great lighting in here, but... Even before you can shine your flashlight over the map, you can see. As you look around, it almost feels like there's a dull green glow about the building. Hmm, that's kind of strange. Anybody else see that? Yes. I hope it's not radioactive. It sure will explain why nobody else comes out of here. That's truth. I'm not sure it would kill you that quickly. Depends on how much radiation. And, uh... What exactly do you know about radiation there, Ian? I know that if you sell it in its uh, core forms and say, hardened form, it's very expensive. 
I don't want to know how you know that. Forget I asked. Okay, so, does this green glow look like anything we've seen before, researched before? Does it remind me of anything? It does not remind you of anything that you have seen before. Well, doesn't look like our typical haunting. So, go check out the swimming pool first. Maybe see if we can figure out where this glow is coming from. I could go for a dip. Please do not get in the haunted swimming pool. Not before I do, anyway. And she flashes you a smile. You too. And just a note about your character sheets. For this, for investigate a mystery, so when you are investigating something, if it's not a given, if none of the questions under investigate a mystery apply, then we're going to use the flexible alternative because those questions don't always apply to everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Flexible alternative gives you either two general questions or one specific questions if you have a pass. Or if you have like a minor pass, then it's one general question. Okay. So that will come up later. The pool area for its time was pretty great. It's an enclosed pool, so it could be used still in the winter. It is enclosed by glass walls and like a sloping glass ceiling. Is there water in the pool? Yeah, so as you head out to the pool area, you will notice a few things. There is some water in the pool, maybe about a foot at the bottom, but it doesn't look great. But more so you notice when you look out the window, the buildings surrounding the Grand Hotel aren't the buildings that you expect them to be. And you actually see people walking around out there, but they looked, they look different. They look like they come from another time. You see girls and guys in in bell-bottom pants and tight shirts, almost as if there's a bunch of hippies outside. (laughs) Y'all seeing this? Look out. And you've never seen this part of town this busy before. This doesn't make any sense. What is Jimi Hendrix in concert around here? He's been dead for years. Hmm. Actually, I wonder. I, I'm i starting to put something together here, guys, but I'm going to need a little more information. Do any of these windows or doors open? Yes, there is a door that leads to a walkway that goes outside. Is it, is it like an inside walkway or an outside walkway? Outside walkway. Outside walkway. So there's a door to a, a sidewalk that goes around the building. Okay. I head down it. I'm going to try something, guys. I open the door and head down to the end of the walkway. You open the door and you step out of the pool area and you find yourself in a guest room. I look around. Obviously, now I'm alone. Yes, you are. That did not go as expected. (laughs) All right. I try to get my bearings as I wonder what the other two are currently up to. (laughs) So when he stepped through, did we see him stepping through to the outside or did we see him stepping through into another room? Like, did we see a flash of what was happening? You saw him as if he was stepping outside, but then he was gone. Well, like he evaporated? Yeah. No, no. (laughs) Spontaneous combustion? Uh... Oh, it's not the first time that's happened to Charlie. Come on. <laughs> that's probably true. I screw up my facial features and look back at Mika. That doesn't make any sense. Right? No, it really doesn't. Give me a minute. 
Uh, so I would like to walk around very carefully, looking at things, looking out the window, and I'm going to play with the what looks like ivory talisman around my neck, and I want to try to open up my true sight to see if I can learn anything about what's going on in here. Sure, you certainly can do that. So roll investigate a mystery. Okay. 13. You uh, open up your sight and you actually find yourself transported into another time. You don't see Ian with you anymore, but you do see a family enjoying the pool. They look to fit in with the time period that you expected outside. There is a young son swimming in the pool, and his parents are chatting in lounge chairs nearby. As you are watching this unfold, you see something in the water with the boy. Am I fixed in place, or can I try to move closer to see what it is? No, you can move closer. Okay, so I'm going to move in closer and try and figure out what it is. So you move in closer, and you see what you think is a tentacle, it almost looks like. And it's it's slipped out of one of the drains of the pool, and it seems to be reaching up towards the boy. Can I tell like what color it is or a- anything else? It seems to be your classic green tentacle. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, it's green. Mm -hmm. It's got little suckers. (laughs) It's got little suckers on it. And it is about four inches in diameter. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be reaching up for the boy, and its parents aren't paying attention at all. So I don't know if I'm in a vision seeing the past or what, So I'm going to try and call out and see if they notice anything. You call out and the parents don't seem to acknowledge that you are there. But the the little boy does turn to you. And as it turns to you and acknowledges that he heard you, this thing wraps around its leg and pulls him under the water. I'll dive in after him if I have any corporeal body. (laughs) You dive in after him. As you go to grab him, your arms just go right through him. The tentacle wraps around his body, and you can see him struggling to breathe and and trying to get to the top, but he's being held at the bottom of the pool. What's your name? Try to talk to him. What's your name? He opens his his mouth as if to talk to you, but bubbles come out of his mouth. Then you find yourself back on the pool deck. Oh. So during that time, did she physically leave or is she standing there? Just... No, she is standing there with you. Okay, so probably when you come back, like one hand on each one of your arms and I'm lightly shaking you. Uh, Mika, are you okay? You okay? W- wake up. Ugh. Stop shaking me, Ian. Fuck's sake. See me do this before. Ugh. Yeah, but you were out a while. I I saw there was something in the pool. Ian, there was something in the pool. One of those tentacly things. Oh, great. 
I, I, I'm not sure exactly what, but it was drowning a child. So just your everyday Saturday morning tentacle. Great. Well, it certainly looked like it. I go looking for a pool skim. Okay. And I'm going to find a pool skim and just casually walk around the pool a bit and try to fish in there to see if there's anything maybe that can be disturbed. I'll point him towards the corner where I saw the tentacle coming from. You go to grab the pool skim and you don't seem to be able to grab it. Okay. So does like my hand go through it? You go to grab it and it grab it. And then you go to like hold it in front of you and it's not there. It's back on the wall. We got to figure this out. Where's Charlie? I turned back to the door that Charlie went through. I <laughs> uh, don't know. Do we know do we know when Charlie is? That might be the question now. Well, I suppose when is as good a question as any or what is Charlie? I didn't see him in my vision, so I assume at least he didn't time travel back there. But maybe like when we came in, we were in a different room, maybe that's what happened. I suppose that could be. Or he could have traveled back in time. I mean, that happened just 2 weeks ago to you, so you never know. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough to say. I'll go to the doorway that he went through. Okay. Take a look at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, is there are there any other markings on this door or any specific feelings that I get from being next to it? In my mind, he walked through the door and then just evaporated. That is a fantastic question. As you're examining the door, you do find a strange marking on the door. So as I'm examining the door, I, I see a strange marking on the door. It seems to have been carved into the top of the door frame, and it looks like this. Okay, so almost like a molecular symbol, but at the same time, I call over Mika. Hey, look at this. There's some sort of symbol here. Does this match up with any of your books? Huh. Well, that's odd. I'm going to think back to any of the occult stuff that I've read over the past couple of years since we started doing this. Does it strike any bells? Roll me uh, sharp. Okay. Mika, you recall seeing this as a ritual symbol, but you don't remember exactly what it pertained to. Hmm. Some kind of ritual. Not exactly sure what. Could be some kind of summoning could be sacrificial. Hmm. I'm going to uh, dig out one of my amulets that has uh, folklore protection while traveling. Okay. Wrap that one around my hand. Look at the door frame. I'm going to try to use I'm use a bit of magic. All right. Yeah. What magic are you using? Basically, I want to travel back to where I started, essentially reversing the direction that I went through just now. Oh, okay. Yes. Roll me weird. Do you mean Charlie is weird? He has to roll his weirdest. (laughs) Yes. He does, in fact. To use magic. The fates have for me here. I got a nine. Fantastic. I believe. It works imperfectly. Yes. Choose my effect and a glitch. Yes. Oh, yeah. The magic draws immediate unwelcome attention. Oh, perfect. Okay, yes. 
That sounds fantastic. <laughs> God damn it, James. Uh, all of a sudden, Charlie reappears in the doorway, almost pushing you out of the way as you are standing in the same spot that he was prior to him leaving. Hello. Charlie. I grab hold of him. <laughs> I'm back. Drop the smoking amulet on the floor. Ow, ow. Yeah, I'm back. Hi. Hey, guys. What did we, um... Hi. Hi. Where did you go? Uh, upstairs, I think. I'm, I'm not entirely certain. So there's some kind of weird dimensional sort of shit going on. Yeah, at best, I would say it's probably a good idea if we don't split up too much. And we may not want to stay here horribly long. That was some... That wasn't... And as Charlie says this, you notice the wall connecting the pool to the actual hotel. You notice it start to bulge out towards you. I say we get the fuck out. Agreed. Yep, let's go. I'm going to head back to the doors. And as you're about to head back, the wall actually bursts open. This thick, meaty tentacle. <laughs> Don't thick... laugh, damn it. Miranda, give the meaty tentacle the respect it deserves. <laughs> right? Come on, it came all this way. You say thick, right. meaty tentacle without laughing. You can't say damn thick, it. <laughs> you can't do it. Uh, <laughs> you, now you have to use the word I got all sorts of words you hadn't heard yeah. as long as it's not a flaccid tentacle well, no that would be disappointing right uh, <laughs> they're shorter that way um Oh, wow. <laughs> Our Patreons did not pay all this money for flaccid tentacles. Hey, the pool room is cold. You do not judge the tentacle currently, okay? <laughs> uh, this thick, slimy tentacle bursts out, attempting to grab whoever is the closest, which we will see, say, since they drew the attention, is Charlie. Well, poopy. Shit. <laughs> you are welcome to continue to run away. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. There oh. was much running in the way. So much running. Indeed. I will say, since Mika said that she was running away immediately, she is fine, but the <laughs> other two, <laughs> I will ask to act under pressure okay. uh, to see if you can, can get away. Poor impulse control, man. I'm just going to do what I think immediately. So acting under pressure. There we go. Oh, there's a roll for it. Yay. So Ian has passed and Ian takes off running as well. But Charlie, unfortunately, is slightly stunned by seeing this and isn't able to get away fast enough. Also, this brings us to another mechanic. Whereas when you fail a roll, you can mark experience. And once you get to five experience you get to take an improvement, which is an upgrade to a skill or taking an additional move of uh, various things. And you may think that there's no way that could happen in this one shot. But when I test ran this, there were at least three improvements that people got. Oh my. They rolled so poorly. So it, it can and will happen possibly. So Ian and Mika are taking off running, but this tentacle is going to wrap around Charlie's leg and start to pull him 
towards the wall, but also you can almost feel it sucking power from your leg. Well, I, I need my leg power. <laughs> crap, 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 crap. All right, a little more magic time. I hope the dice are with me. I'm going to short range, put hands right on the tentacle and use one of my attack spells, a missile. Yeah. In this case, it's pretty much just a shotgun blast, but that's my goal here. Yes. I'm going to be using these spells to kick some ass, so I roll weird instead of tough. Correct. And, well, I got an, a mixed success, so I got to pick out a glitch as well. Well, the effect obviously is I wanted to do some damage. I believe this falls under kick some ass. Kick some ass. Instead of your basic magic. Okay. So, on an 8 plus, you and whatever you're fighting inflict harm on each other. Uh, all right. Yes, that is a feature of this is that when you fight something, it hurts you too. Oh, well, I mean, that's how reality works too. It's just not one of those things where it has to wait till it's her turn to hurt you. Oh, wonderful. That usually means you inflict the harm rating of your weapon and your enemy inflicts their attacks harm rating on you. So you, your missile, does one harm against this tentacle. As you blow a chunk off of it but you feel it drain two points worth of life from you okay that's that's not okay as it latches onto you but i believe you have some magic pants i do have magic pants the blue jeans i'm wearing are extremely magical so what are the effects of my magic pants magic pants this is a 70s movie you have magic <laughs> pants right i have magic pants Although my magic pants supposedly come from the 50s, so yes. I will take minus one harm to the area, which thankfully, yes, is magic pants area. <laughs> I just like saying magic pants. <laughs> I like hearing magic pants area. <laughs> you should explain because you wrote the background on your magic enchanted pants. You should share with the listeners. I actually did write a little bit of background on my pants. Yeah. Charlie actually got these pants from an illicit place, so now I'm thinking they might have been a gift from Ian. Mm. They were supposedly the blue jeans that James Dean was wearing, and they are the only part of him that survived the accident. Remained intact, rather. Somebody got them for him on the dark web or some such, and he's worn them ever since. It's, you know, because Magically, they couldn't possibly be through something that bad twice. Except now your your legs are going to survive and the rest of you isn't. That's the unfortunate downside to enchanted clothing is unless you wrap yourself in it like a mummy, it... Yeah, that happened. <laughs> so, yeah, I take one less damage from James Dean's magical pants. And I guess I'm going to use magic. I'm going to try to use magic again to, okay. get it to let go. Okay. To uncoil around my leg. That's the effect I'm going for. So not really a combat magic, more of a effect. Hey, I got a 13. You are able to focus your energy and your intention on this creature. Most of your, ma at least your fighting magic is, is based on wind and the force of air and you are able to blow this tentacle I can't say that without laughing <laughs> sorry meaty throbbing tentacle. <laughs> tentacles get me so you are able to use this force to push the tentacle off 
of your leg so that you can get free. Fantastic. Then I leap out of the door and unseal it behind me. Okay. Since you rolled so well, you won't have to act under pressure to run away. Fantastic. Thank you. If you'll allow it, I'm going to try to seal that door with an item that I brought with me. Okay. I'm doing a big X across the door from the roll of blessed duct tape that I have. It was blessed <laughs> by a defrocked priest. <laughs> so it hopefully will keep the door closed for long enough for us to get away. Okay. Yes, you are able to duct tape up the door with your enchanted duct tape and, and join the others. Charlie, what took so long? What were you doing? I ordered the calamari. I'm sorry. Jesus checks his leg, pulls the pant leg up to see if there's any specific damage to the leg itself. If one um, of us doesn't come out of this with a kink, we're doing it wrong. <laughs> you know what, Charlie? This is just like that house at Floods Point Road we went to. This is just like this, right? That one didn't have any... Well, okay, yeah, it's a lot like that. I can't, I can't disagree with you. Although there are no insects yet, so, I mean, we should be fine. Yet. It seems like you have some small circular light burn marks where you would imagine the tentacle suckers likely had drained something from you. This game is just a minefield of words for you, isn't it, Miranda? It really is. Shouldn't have picked something with tentacles. Nope. I love it. Continue. <laughs> Things you can say in a Monster of the Week game and also while you're watching porn. <laughs> There's a beautiful Venn diagram here. <laughs> the old ways after dark. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> so you are all back out in the lobby area. I'll probably take a look around and see if anything out here has changed. Nope, it looks pretty much the same. Okay. Does anyone feel like there might be something in the core of this place that it doesn't want us to get to? Yes, I'm starting to get that feeling. Hmm. What would be the core of a building like this? Boiler? Or the heating system? I was thinking the same thing, but I, I have an idea. Hang on. If this blows up, I'm sorry. Wait, what? <laughs> Do you mean that literally? Because the last time you said, if this blows up, I'm sorry, we kind of ended up a little bit singed. I like my eyebrows. They just grew back. You'll notice that Charlie is specifically not answering you as he's drawing a chalk circle around the three of us. Okay. And I'm going to use magic to illuminate to our eyes the flowing of magic in here as if it were veins. That's the effect. Ooh, okay. If you get me. I do believe that I get you. We'll give it a shot. Feats don't fail me now. All right, mixed success. All right, then what my glitch will be... You know what? I will take one harm, ignore armor. It's painful, but I think it will be fine. This would be an opportune moment for Miranda, your Keeper of Monsters and Mysteries, to mention a tiny little tidbit of a game mechanic called Luck. You can use those to either take no damage or to take 10 plus on a roll. Ooh, Fantastic. Yeah, I think I will do that too. I mean, realistically, in this case, it, it works out to the same thing. So I think I will use a point of luck. You use your point of luck. You get lucky. All right. Lucky after the tentacles. Get lucky in the chalk circle. With the tentacle. Yeah, <laughs> this is both post-tentacle. He doesn't discriminate. <laughs> 
you get lucky and can see the flow of magic around you, but it's strange because the building itself seems to be emanating, and maybe that's what that green glow was earlier. You do see trails going through the walls, through the ductwork, and also in between the walls themselves, though they have a light glow as if something magical isn't there currently, but possibly travels that way frequently. Can I see where those trails are going? Are they going up or down? Or do they seem more widespread? They're pretty widespread in the hotel. All just all like everywhere? Yeah. While he's doing that, I'm going to sit down cross-legged in the middle of this circle. Now that I've seen the tentacle being, I'm going to try to attune myself to it. Okay. I'm going to reach out through the veil and try to tune in to this monster. Yeah. And since I've seen enough hentai, I can tell where this is going. So I just kind of prepare to repel borders as, <laughs> as we invariably draw down multiple tentacle appendages. I got a 10 on my attunement. So you hold three. So mm -hmm. that means you can spend one of those to ask me one of the following questions. And you gain plus one ongoing while acting on these answers. So if you use any of the information I give you in the future. Okay. First, I want to know where it is. You get a strong feeling that it is almost buried underground. Possibly under the building. Mm. What is it planning to do? Eat. <laughs> okay. Who is it going to attack next? Probably you. <laughs> I knew it. It's, it has definitely been tracking your movements. Okay, so it, it is aware. It knows exactly where you are. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much all the time. Whenever I do this kind of attunement sort of element of my powers, I'm sitting there, my eyes are closed. There's this sort of greenish cast to my skin. It's almost like a pale green glow, which I imagine Ian and Charlie are used to by now, but it might look a little freaky to anyone else. And then my eyes just suddenly pop open. It's uh, underground, so we should probably find some sort of basement or something. A spooky root cellar, maybe? Also, it wants to eat us. Oh, it wants to eat us? Yeah, it's hungry. Did anybody ever feed these fucking things? Well, that's the problem. You get these people who go out and adopt a little eldritch horror for Christmas, and then they realize what work it is and how much food it needs and all the blood sacrifices and everything, and they just they, they either return it to the shelter or they dump it in a haunted house. Right, and this is a perfect time to remind both of you in the future to spade and neuter your shagas. You can't flush these things down the toilet. That is irresponsible. Right. So we got to get in the basement. Of course. Yeah, at this point, you notice something, well, kind of strange. Ian. Yes. As you're trying to figure out what steps you're going to take next, you look around the lobby and you see your flashlight and your wallet on the front desk. The hell? I go to my back pocket, like to look for my wallet. That's not there. Which one of you is sticking your hands in my wallet? I go over to the, the table. Before he leaves the circle, I put my hand on his chest. 
wait, wait. And then in his best Tom Hardy, that's bite. Shit, it's my flashlight, like in my wallet. Do you have a weapon, Ian? I got a few. What do you got on you? I go into my jacket, and on the left side of my jacket, I pull out a fairly large knife. And then I just open the right-hand side of my jacket and show you I have a holstered pistol. Okay. I guess if you want to go over there and tempt the fates. But I'm, I'm really thinking that that's probably bait. If you don't remember putting them down, and suddenly they're over there. Mm-hmm. Wants you to leave the circle. Hmm. We could all three go, and, you know, then we're at least prepared for whatever it is preparing for us. Uh, just saying, Charlie, I don't think whispering's going to help all that much. I'm pretty sure it's watching us all the time and listening, and if it has ears, I don't know. But it knows where we are at all times. That's, that's a good point. All right. I think we should go as a group. Lions and tigers and bears. Anyone need some salted holy water? Ooh, I brought my own, thanks. Okay. I didn't. I look around like... <laughs> <laughs> I hand Ian a bottle of salted holy water. Okay. Interestingly, as you go to hand him the salted holy water, you pull it out of your bag and it burns your hand through the bottle. <gasps> well now, am I a ghost? It's so hot you drop it. Y'all, you think we're ghosts? Uh, I hope not. I hold up a smoking hand. Although... I'm waving it in front of my face. Doesn't it... Does that... Doesn't it hurt? <laughs> like... Yeah, got some po pretty potent holy water there. I've done a lot of things that probably should have killed me, but I don't remember dying. Well. This might be some sort of mind trick. Could be. Could be. We're also dead. Remember that one psychic who told us that eventually we'd turn into ghosts and we'd just be convinced we were living the whole time, but we're really going to be ghosts solving crimes and, and hunting down mysteries and stuff? Yeah, it was the, the, the Bavarian lady with the one eye. Yeah, and the other one was glass, and it kept popping out, and she would like roll it around on the table. It was really creepy. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I actually took that. <laughs> All right. I have it at home. I, I, I'm going to get my wallet and my and my flashlight. We're going to need that if we're going to the basement. They're both kind of sticky. Oh, which one of you tentacle creatures touched this? I like look around in the the lobby area. You pull your hand away from it. It's the it's sticky, but it's it's not clear. It's a reddish brown color. Yeah, this is just this isn't helpful. <laughs> That's it's no good. I've been slimed. You actually think it's blood? Oh, you could have thought it was slime. There's the they're similar. The slime flows through us. It's fine. It's people slime. <laughs> All right, so mm -hmm. tentacles, blood. All we're missing is semen. Hmm. Really? Really? Do you want to pull on that thread? I'm just saying, there's a trifecta here that happens, right? Well, I'm not pulling on that thread. Don't know where it's been. Hmm. Yeah, I would say it's probably just best to avoid that altogether. Jesus, I should have listened to South Park. I need a towel. I crouch down and tap on the floor. Do I think that if we were to go just straight down, we would end up in a decent area of the basement to, to confront this thing? You would end up in an area of the basement. <laughs> there are probably a number of rooms down there. There's also stairs and an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie is considering it an option. 
Well, guys, we have two ways that I can think of that we can get down there. Conventional, gestures to the stairwell, and less conventional. He looks at the floor. Are you talking some more of your creepy magic shit, or are you talking about just cutting a hole in the floor? Yes. Whichever a, one's a, the going to cause me the least amount of broken bones. Oh, well, then you're probably going to want to take <laughs> the stairs. Let's go. Yeah, that's what I thought. Gotta look out for yourself sometime, Charlie. No one else is gonna do it for you. My what now? Ugh. <laughs> Burn, did I ever find a towel or some type of thing to wipe these items off with? No. Alright, well... I mean, maybe if you go to housekeeping or... Housekeeping? Yes. Uh, it's not far, right? No. I'll stop into housekeeping. Okay. You can find it really old towel. It's my wallet. If I've got to get money or a credit card out of there, I don't want to be like opening up a blood packet. This brings up a good point. As you go to housekeeping, you're looking for a towel. It's dim in there, but you still have that green glowing light that seems to have gotten slightly brighter, and it almost feels as if it's thrumming. You notice something under a pile of towels the room seems pretty disheveled. Looks like some shelves fell over at some point. You see a shoe sticking out. Oh. I turn the flashlight on because it's in hand. You recognize the shoe. Okay. Whose shoe is this? You recognize Mika's shoe. Mika? I turn around. Can we hear him saying that? Yeah, yes, you can. Okay. <laughs> I, was like, I wasn't sure if he disappeared into a strange room or something. Yeah, Ian, hurry up. It wasn't just a shoe. Oh. When you go to pick up the shoe after you call to her, it's attached to Mika. <gasps> what? A dead Mika. I will carefully extract the dead Mika from housekeeping. Okay. <laughs> uh, folks? Ian, what is... Taking so long. Come on, we got work to do. No, I'm dragging your dead body out of a closet. Uh, Ian, I came out of the closet a long time ago. I don't know what you're talking about. Maybe this is the version of you that got left in. <laughs> <sighs> Stomp off over there. What in tarnation you on about? Look. <laughs> Holy fucking... Okay, which one of you is playing the practical joke? Ian? Miranda, how did this Mika die? Well, this Mika looks smaller, almost as if life has been drained from her. And and you do see these burn-like circular marks going crisscrossed around her, at least the the parts of her that you can see. Hmm. She is still clothed. Okay, I'd assume so. I felt like I needed to clarify now. Did you like feel like you needed to establish a mm-hmm. very important factoid? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's fair. I look back at Mika and say, "This, this isn't right." <laughs> well, no fucking duh. I look at my own corpse and look back at Ian. Like, well, either one, we've got some sort of time travel into the future thing going on here, where we're looking at our future, in which case I just need to stay out of this room and we'll be fine. Oh, we're dead and we're actually ghosts. Not sure which one's better. Hmm. Yeah, neither am I. 
I know which one I prefer it to be. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm going to pull a couple of towels, even if they're decrepit a bit, and um, cover dead Mika up. Okay. It seems only right. Yeah. And then after I'm done, I wipe my hands off. And yes, I, I will soldier on to, to where they were going. Okay, well, that's the second weirdest thing I've seen today. Before we leave, Charlie looks at Mika. Do you want to say anything? I mean, this seems like a unique opportunity. If you want to get anything off your chest that's really introspective or anything. Yeah, right now I'm really wishing I went home with that hot redhead from the bar last night. Okay. Yeah, that's not how I expected that to go, but sure. Let's catch up with Ian. So this redhead, tell me, tell me more. Uh, well, she had this nose piercing and just going on into very specific details. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this lovely tattoo just at the right place. You know what I'm talking about? I don't, but I can picture it. I don't get out. <sighs> well, we need to fix that if we're going to get out of here alive. Unless we are ghosts, in which case I'm sorry, but you're just going to be stuck here with, you know, not ever getting any. I don't know, that meaty tentacle seemed to want a piece, so I'm, after a few centuries, I can't say that I won't have a thing. So, But let's, let's assume that we're still alive and that we can get out of here. And uh, I think to get out, we probably need to go further in. Go in to get out. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense in ghost world. Okay. Well, listen, maybe whatever is at the heart of this problem, nobody's been able to stop yet. And to get out, we have to stop it from doing this. I gesture absently around the room. Bingo. Yeah, so you guys were about to head downstairs into the basement, correct? Mm-hmm. And I take it Ian is leading the way then since um, Charlie held back to talk to Mika. Normally, I would say yes, given that I have the flashlight. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't know if I'll really be able to keep the lead from Mika just because she's really headstrong when she wants to do something and I don't want to get in her way. Well, as they are distracted with conversations about the redhead at the bar, we'll say that Ian maintains his lead at least to the stairwell. And as you open the door to the stairwell and, and take a step in, you hear uh, footsteps fast approaching from the bottom of the stairs and a person appears in front of you and as soon as they see you they raise a shotgun at you shit <laughs> as they pull the trigger a white spray of dust erupts from the end of a shotgun can i get out of the way of that at all or I'll let you try to uh, act under pressure to see if you can get out of the way. Okay, so... And instead hit whoever was behind you. Okay, so is that a cool or is that a sharp? It is act under pressure, which is a cool. We shall see. So that's a 12. That's an advanced success. You are able to dodge out of the way. Who would have been behind Ian? Probably Charlie. Would you also like to try to get out of the way of, of this spray? Actually, I think if I have enough time to act, I would like to... You said that most of my magic is air-based? Yep. I think I just want to make a puff of air back the other direction. Okay. I have 12. That is an advanced success. Wonderful. And one of your attack spells is a wall of force or wind as well. 
And so you are able to repel these white pellets and, and stop everyone from taking any damage right now. I think this is probably a good note to leave on. But one quick detail before we go. Ian, you catch a glimpse of this person. It strikes you as something from your past. Not because it's someone that you know, but because you have encountered a person like this. They are taller than the average person. He has long, disgustingly dirty nails and hair, sideburns, like thick sideburns going all the way down his face and around his chin and big bushy eyebrows and tufts of hair sticking out from the ends of his sleeves and over the collar of his shirt. And you recognize this person as a werewolf? No. Well, shit. And that's where we'll leave off. Um, (laughs) With the werewolf. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for taking a listen to the first episode of Monsters of the Week that we're uh, having a heck of a good time playing. I hope you're enjoying the listen and uh, yeah, catch us back next episode. <laughs>